0: Welcome to Freelance Deals, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance, or thinking about it. Every episode, I speak to a different person from the self-employed community or a freelancer, talking about their story, their experiences, and getting all of their advice for you so that you can have a happier freelance time too. Freelance life is often seen as a holy grail, and it's not always easy. And I hope that these conversations bring comfort, support, And advice to people that really need it if you enjoy the podcast please do rate and review it and if you'd like to join me and talk more about freelance feels come over and have a chat on instagram at freelance underscore feels and now on with the episode Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I'm talking to Jack Williams from Underpinned. Hello, Jack. Welcome.
1: Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me.
0: Pleasure. Um, I'd love to start with you telling us what's your freelance, but then as normal with everybody now on the podcast, I always sort of say, well, indeed, do you use that word? Tell us what what you do and and if you indeed sort of define yourself as freelance or you have a different way of describing your self-employed status.
1: So I would have described myself as being freelance mm. uh, about three years ago. I was a copywriter and a pretty uh, bad journalist. Um, <laughs> but I basically, I, when I was working as a freelancer, I, I think I had a lot of the similar problems that other people had. And a friend of mine, um, Albert, as is Klaus, and, and I started a company called Underpin that mm-hmm. we basically built and dedicated entirely to helping freelancers like ourselves. He was working as a PR consultant and, okay. and we despite doing very different kinds of freelance work at very different levels we both said it's very interesting that we have similar problems um, and actually the more we talked to people and we did a little bit of research and we actually went and hit the road as it was and, and talked to some had a discussion with lots of people about freelancing and the ways that they did it and realized mm-hmm. actually we're not alone in in these issues um, and so many of the issues I think are, are things that we're going to cover today, but I think that the more conversations we had, the more we said, well, why not try and create a system that makes it better? Um, and so we came up with Underpin, which is basically an all-in-one-place um, web app that helps solve all of the administrative burdens that freelancers have, alongside being a great and I say great. I'm definitely biased because I've had organised. I <laughs> organized. I'd agree. No, I
0: confirm that for people listening. I'd say Thank also great. We've had yeah. Jenny write
1: like, for us a couple of times. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and but um, I, a great content provider for people for freelancers of all stages. Yeah.
0: That's brilliant. And where did the name come from? Tell us about Underpinning. So support. we were
1: actually, um, we were sitting in Albert's mother's house because it was the, the the house that was basically between us mm-hmm. and tr- brainstorming, basically, because, you know, I think that we were pretty excited about doing this thing and, and trying to come up with a cool name. and. The thing that we, because we had like a middling idea of what SEO was and how it would be important and, you know, potentially three years time. And thank God we did think about it because it is something (laughs) that is, for better or for worse, unbelievably important. Um, And we looked, we're thinking about a name and I came up with some of the worst suggestions imaginable that that almost got laughed out of the room, even though it was just two of us. And I don't know, I wish I could say it was definitely me, the sort of more creatively brained person in the partnership who came up with the name. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, but we basically were just opened up Webster's Dictionary mm-hmm. and went to the thesaurus as well. And we were Googling frantically and we came up with this idea of, of underpinning something that, you know, we wanted to be the, the support base at the bottom of, of the house that was your career. Um, and we looked it up and there was an, an, another bit the first thing that came up was the dictionary definition and we said that's definitely got to be it and um, and i think that we had our you know a real uh, social network moment when uh, i said we should call it underpin and then albert said no underpinned and i don't think there was any real particular reason for that other than the fact that he wanted to say that but mm. here we are four years later um, three or four years later it's been three and a bit years now Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's underpinned
0: fantastic I absolutely love it and I now sort of say well I think it's great and everybody thinks well Jenny you would say that and I thought (laughs) genuinely, it's like it's just got a really lovely energy to it it's just really feels very honest and very open and very matter of fact but kind of really supportive as well so there's a, a real lovely mix there of kind of advice and just people telling their own stories and their own feelings and what would you sort of say were the values and the ethos would that kind of fit into that? What, what were the values behind there and what you do?
1: Well, you can really um, thank Leah Burnettich, uh, Rosie Makara, and Becky Black, who are the sort of marketing brains behind the Mm -hmm. team and the the leaders of the brand, I would say, in a lot of ways. Um, But I think that the the first thing that we really, really want to say, because there are, you know, there are bodies that exist to do this, albeit in in different centers and Mm. different focuses. So, you know, Ipsy is a great example, I think, of a a semi-government body, I think we can call it. Um, that that actually is helpful for a lot of self-employed people, um, albeit with a very different background than us. And we wanted to step in and actually come in with a, a different vibe, one that was very much based around trustfulness um, and based around the idea that you know you're not alone in this that actually there is very much a community of people behind you there's a large group of people who do it as well and you know the numbers get published constantly and change all the time around Mm -hmm. how many there actually are in the UK who are self-employed or freelancing or slashies or poly workers or whatever you call them. (laughs) Um,
0: Slashies I like that one. Slashies you know they
1: (laughs) they all all of the names have their 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 there comes and go goings, but I, you know, Slashies is one that will stick with me forever because that came out just around the time that we were starting, and we got a lot of messages from people saying, "Do you work with Slashies?" And I remember getting that first email, and being like. What the hell is a slashy? <laughs> and then, um, and then realizing a couple of a couple of minutes later, being like, oh, I guess it makes sense. Polyworker is the new one that I saw this weekend, and I can't wait to see what the uh, what the next one's gonna be. Um, but our our main ethos was very much we want to ha- have somewhere that exists that people know. Is trustful. They know that the people who are talking to them, and working with them, and, and educating them, and, and offering them technical advice from people that have done this before, but also are fun and spirited, and you know, you feel the the um, the absolute joy in what we do. That we do really enjoy doing it. Like I do have, of course, I think like everybody else, bad days doing this as well. But mm-hmm. and I do a Q and A uh, once a week on once a week on a Tuesday afternoon with all of our, the members of our platform. And I just like, I'm blown away every time I leave. And I'm just like, you know what? That was the best one we've done so far. That was so much fun and um, I, I really enjoyed myself. And then, then the week after I come away again and I'm like, no, no, that was the best one I've done so far. And every week it's just, it's different questions and it's just so much fun to actually, you know, to actually feel like we're, we're helping people on this, on this fantastic journey.
0: Mm, that's really lovely I love that feeling of like the next one being the best one and then you really enjoy it because you must get a lot from doing this as well like does it really help you with your challenges to have founded a community it's almost sort of it's like when I do interviews with people often when I interview coaches or psychologists it's like having a little bit of a one-on-one session I'm like oh good I've learned a lot (laughs) do you get a lot back from running it as well does it help you
1: yeah, definitely, and it's helped my pitching as well massively. Thinking mm. about that too, and it's helped. And I have less time now for for that than that I would like. To be honest, yeah. this has definitely taken up you know the the large portion of my of my day. Um, but it's it's helped my pitching, but it massively has helped you know for me. I think it has helped my confidence in my in my ability mm. to go and talk to people and to have conversations and um and to. Try and understand the economy, the economy around us as well, which what it boils down to is effectively and we'll go into this later on, and I have to say a big shout out and a big thank you, and I'm sure have mm. you know, you've, you've reached out to them as well to Matthew Knight at leapers um who yes, he's
0: coming on a guest as a guest later this. Oh week. really? Oh amazing., yes. yeah. oh, yeah. I'm really God, excited about that. <laughs>
1: But yeah, he's a fantastic dude. I'm a big fan of his. Um, But his report, he does an annual report uh, for for mental health and self-employment every year, obviously, because it's annual. Um, And just looking at that really, really gave me the awareness of like actually you know, so much that's on here is stuff that we have now covered and we've talked about and we've thought about and we've worked with the government on, we did a white paper with with the government last year and and trying to figure out how to specifically help around late payments. Um, And actually that's, you know, something that I never thought that I would be tackling head on personally myself. And actually doing that and doing that work has has really just been an absolute, you know, gift for me in many ways.
0: That's amazing. God, that must have felt so... Massive to do that. That's a really big deal yeah, to do that.
1: It was really, it was, it was actually fun. Um, and it was nice. I mean, we did it mostly with, um, with the small business commissioner at the time, uh, mm-hmm. who's now stepped down and, and been replaced. Um, and you know, that it was, it was a really, really great experience. Um, Albert definitely did a lot of the heavy lifting and I was just there to, to have a, a great attitude and to keep everyone going and excited. Um, but it, it was, it was a really, really great experience.
0: That's brilliant. Oh, thank you for doing that. Thank you on behalf of everybody that's ever had a late payment, which I think most people listening will be like, yep, of course. Hopefully, uh, just... hopefully
1: the so the uh, the government listens in. We'll see what they have to say. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a real experience, definitely.
0: Yeah, because it's one of those things. I was going to ask you what challenges you faced as a freelancer, and that is one of the, the biggest ones sometimes, isn't it? The financial side of things, the waiting for payment, the invoicing, the chasing. But is that in, in your big challenges as a freelancer? What else has come up for you that you've... Had to so I think, self-employed.
1: I think for me, I, I had, you know, a big dream of being, of being a writer. I've, had, I've wanted to, to do that my entire life. And I think that that's where I really, really came about to it. And I think the the biggest struggle that I had personally was sort of coming to terms with um, with accepting the diversity of work that, that you were going to do in order to be success, a successful oh. writer. I think that a lot of people especially in creative work of any kind, whether you're, you know, visually creative or you're, you know, a, a wordsmith of some kind, you are going to have to take on work that you actually wouldn't normally have to take on in order that you wouldn't think that you would take on at the beginning mm. of, 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 your time as a freelancer. And I, you know, I think that of course struggled with, with late payments and with payments in general and with the irregularity of work. Um, But that was the thing for me that, that, felt you know that I was initially that felt disappointed that I was like oh you know I want to be writing these you know, I want to be writing book reviews and I want to be doing xyz and you know uh, and the the reality becoming pretty clear pretty quickly that if I wanted to make any money or or be in any way you know able to make an income off this then I would have to go and do something else for a little bit first in a, in a different space and actually go and do research and go and learn and at first I was like oh this is you know, this bowl I want to go and do, <laughs> the I want to go do. Yeah. And then initially after a little bit, I was like, actually like there is, there is like a core to this that is really interesting. And there's a core you know, to, to writing, to uh, doing editing work and to actually sitting down and, and, and writing copy about, you know, about the various website things that I wrote copy for <laughs> and things oh, about. Yeah. Um, and all of this stuff that you never would have thought about um, when you started. And that was the, the, but there was a long period where I did struggle with that, where I, uh, you know, I think that I, I was a little bit too high on my high horse. Um, and actually, I'm I'm glad that I was able to step away from it and, and really get in deeply into what freelancing is, which is actually a, a working within a breadth that is not just interesting to you, but actually you can build a career off of.
0: Yeah, very much so. What do you think is the hardest thing that freelancers face, I guess, in in terms of what members come to underbind for as well? Is there things that certain people come to you guys that you repeatedly see and you just think, oh, God, yeah, this topic's been, that's been the most read blog post or that's been the most inquired thing. Is there a theme there in terms of rules?
1: the the number one it's especially because we work mostly with very with young or with early freelancers mm. and I, I think there's a big difference between the two and um, but that it tends to be the, the people that we that we work with it's either young freelancers who have a quite a bit of experience but you know one they come thinking to themselves they come to underpin things themselves actually I want to have a, a bit more of a community behind me and, and mm. a little bit and someone to actually work with as well once they've done it for two or three years and they realize it's nice to have that as well. Um, but the the most consistent thing that we get, without a doubt, is people who struggle with finding new clients. I think that that's just always going to be the thing. I think that regardless of where you actually work or, or what kind of work you do, it's going to be the thing that for the first portion of your career, you're going to be thinking about it most uh, consistently. Um, but what that boils down to, I think, And, uh, you know, this was something that I I learned for, I started to learn, I think, while I was freelancing and then really learned with Underpinned by talking to lots of freelancers about this, is that I think that people don't realize that the thing that they struggle with, and there are lots of, I think there are lots of technical um, freelancers of many kinds who will probably shake their head when they hear this because they'll (laughs) think, no, 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 that's something that I don't need to even think about is marketing, the the, the thing that they struggle with the most is actually marketing and self-promotion. And they don't realize that actually you don't need to be buying ad space and you don't need to be buying Facebook ads or, you know, working with influencers to push your services. Uh What you do need to be doing is actually figuring out the way that you sell yourself, that you sell the work that you do. And a lot of people, that's why I think that platforms like Upwork Mm -hmm. um, and like freelancer.com when it existed, um, that they, you know, that Fiverr, for instance, you know, they, they take that aspect out for you, right. That you don't have to pitch that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to actually work on the promotion side of, of, of building a, a career. And mm-hmm. um, when the reality is, is that you are sacrificing that time spent that actually, when you do build a base for it at a certain point, it does pay for itself. You're sacrificing that time spent by actually giving away some of your income to the marketplace or actually not being able to build what, what we think is a, a long-term career, which on a, I don't know how much experience you have with, with marketplaces like that, but doesn't actually exist in yeah. many with, without work. Yeah,
0: so hard because I guess the thing is that people often think, oh, marketing myself, but I don't want to go on Instagram. Mm. It's like, but we're not just talking about just one platform. It's about being out there and I guess connecting with people using LinkedIn, for example. I find a lot of work on LinkedIn and a lot of people Mm. say, I don't really go on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, but your clients might do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly and linkedin is cringeworthy as they come and i totally go and instagram is too in many ways and i think all mm. social medias sort of are in a lot of ways too but actually and it's not even just working over platforms it's how you email people it's how if you do um, the sales calls it's how you're on the phone and people, I think they cringe a little bit when they, when they hear the idea of going on a sales call. But actually, if you just treat it like you're, you know, if you just treat it like you're having a conversation about something that you're passionate about and you're not, you know, you're not, I don't know, you're not a door-to-door salesman trying to sell vacuums, mm-hmm. then actually it can be something that can be really useful. And, you know, I, I, again, coming from my own experience, I would have hated to do sales calls. I know that because I just yes. never tried to do them. And like I actually have had been on the other side of them now enough, um, not necessarily with with recruiters, but actually with because that's, you know, the classic people who, who want to do sales calls all the time, but actually with copywriters and with um, with journalists and with illustrators. And I don't think that they would even call them sales calls. They would say, hey, I just want to call to actually figure out, you know, what you want from, from this work that I'm doing with you. Yeah.
0: When you get a brief on the phone, everything's just so much clearer. And actually like,
1: I love doing, I love doing briefs over the phone now because, you know, you get an idea, you get a little bit more of like a back and forth. And actually, especially now in lockdown and in the post-pandemic world, when we're not nearly as face-to-face as we used to be. Having briefs with marketing freelancers and with um, journalists and with copywriters where you're actually having the discussion um, and you is so, so helpful because you do start saying getting more excited about ideas, even if they're small projects, Mm. you start spitballing into something that's potentially a little bit bigger. And you, you know, you start to learn a little bit more about the person behind the email or behind the, the portfolio as well. And people would say, and I think that a lot of freelancers would say, that's not necessarily a sales call, right? That's, you know, that's you. you the sale has already essentially been made at that point. You're now discussing the terms of the actual project itself. Yeah. The reality is, though, that you you are going to get the majority when you're two or three years into your work you're going to get the majority of your work from repeat clients and that is the exact kind of thing right where you're you are standing out and like a guy who is fantastic about this is thomas johnson who's a copywriter who we pretty regularly work with is that he was very insistent that we actually have a phone call when he did copy work with us and now i know him well enough that i'm like oh we need copywriting done he is the person I'm going to go to because I have that relationship with him. And I know that actually he will be, you know, consistent enough. And, and, and will sort he'll just be the first person that comes to mind. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that it's a really, really underrated tool and actually, and actually working as a freelancer.
0: Yeah, and you must have had to have done that for underpinned. I mean, I do it a lot with freelance fields. I'll email people and say, this is what I do, and this is what it's all about, and would you like to collaborate, or ca- can we do something together? I mean, you must have that a lot, where you're either looking for funding or
1: yeah, um, you
0: know, collaboration. You must have to, to do what you've just described that you encourage other people to do.
1: A hundred percent, and so we... I won't talk about funding because I think that it's the most boring conversation. <laughs> uh, and we, we talk way too much about funding and I don't think it's relevant to a lot of to, to any of your listeners. And if anyone wants to talk about funding, tell, make an email me. I'm jack and I'm really, really happy if that's a route that you got that people want to go down uh, to oh, have a discussion cool. with them. Yeah. Um, but for collaboration with, with larger brands. So we are working on a collaboration right now with uh, with Cass Arts, the the um, Oh art- yeah which is really exciting. I've, I, you know, I've been working on this for a while, but yeah, absolutely. Phone call, I think that phone calls, I think giving them a sampling of, of Underpin as a community um, and Underpin as a product as well was massively helpful. But we did this through three or four phone calls, trying to get out of email as soon as we possibly could. Mm. Being a little bit like, this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what we're excited about. Um, and that that was the way that that effectively came out that that we were able to build that sort of relationship with them and that we said as soon as we can we need to actually be face to face with them and show that you know we're vaguely thoughtful mm. <laughs> no,
0: lovely. yeah and it's, um, it's, especially with a lovely brand like if people don't know Cassart, art just look it up because you'll get lost mm-hmm. in a world of beautiful art supplies even if you're not into doing anything to do with art it's still just lovely product it's just really really nice stuff, isn't it yeah and
1: they were my girlfriend like every every other weekend because she's a she's an artist um and so that's the and it's a great great brand as well and they do really really good work um mm-hmm. but it, you know i think that in in a lot of ways you know i like and i think that this is undersold and i think that people realize this later further down the line as well mm. um but actually The difference between running a freelance business of any kind and running a a startup as as Albert and I have done for three Mm. years now. We're starting to get into the next phase of of running a startup is that actually not is not that great. It's it's really funding and and a couple of employees that we were really lucky to to get funding in the first place and and then build up from there after Mm. that. Um but people I think you know like I and I definitely felt like this and I know people who felt like this that when they start there they think oh man it's just me and I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm just sending out emails and sort of hoping for the best Mm -hmm. and that that i
0: familiar
1: (laughs) it takes ages and I think that a lot of people never actually get there to to build that confidence and to actually say like no 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 I am um all intents and purposes of business, I can, you know, for all they know, I have an a hundred person team behind me mm. to make this work. Like it, it, really, really, the step is not as great as people think that it is. And frankly, like I have done enough work with both freelancers and with agencies of various kinds to know that sometimes there are freelancers who have output that is equally as good, if not better, and equally as consistent, um, as a, as a full-time agency. Um, so it, you know, there is no reason, I think if I could give any advice to people just starting out, yeah. honestly, just pretend that you are the CEO of a, a big company and that you have a million people behind you and start from there. Like the worst thing that you can do for yourself. And we've just published a piece about this as well, about um cliche and, and, and pitches. Um, the worst thing that you can do for yourself is say sorry at the, yeah. uh, the single email that you send out. Just go in. Talk like talk with passion about what you do, and keep on pitching as much as you can, and just use that as a skill set because it is in the same way that your your actual skill set. If you're a writer, mm. writing is your skill set. Pitching is also your skill set. If you're a if you're a a um, designer, then pitching for work is also your skill set alongside design, and it will grow and it will actually come, and you will get better at it. But it just takes practice and it does take time.
0: I love that. You see, there you go. That's me getting my little bit of uh, personal coaching from an interviewee, <laughs> but you do don't you, and you sort of say sweet, You think, well, I'm not sorry. I want to email them. I'd really love it if they wanted to work mm-hmm. with me, but you feel like are you interrupting or that's why I was always a fan of, of having going to events in person because I always felt which some people might cringe at, but I always felt more confident going up to someone and saying, hi, I'm Jenny. than I do sending an email because it was just me standing there. It felt less, Sort of full on than sending an email out, which has to be spelled correctly, and you know, does it say the right thing? You've only got one chance to, to grab their attention in the email uh, subject line. So yeah, people are probably going, "What? Why the hell would you find it easier to go up to people in person?"
1: Yeah, but there's also that element. <laughs> this just speaks so much, I think, to how ridiculous I was when I started. But like, there's the element of like when you when I used to send out emails, I imagined, you know. I don't know, Dracula at the other end laughing at my attempts to to get work. Um, And then, you know, being like, wow, who is this idiot sending me a message thinking that they'll work for me? That's so silly. And then, but of course, the reality is just you know, some guy, it's just me at the other end of the email, you know, saying, the uh, are uh, and be like, oh yeah, that's a decent idea. And then coming back to it at, at a different time when I, when I have more time to work with it. And um, when I agree with you about personal events, because you can actually see, you can actually have human interaction with someone and see, oh, they're not that bad. They're, you know, they're, they don't really want to be at this networking event either. And actually we can have a conversation about that and talk about the things that we're passionate about.
0: Yeah, very much so. And do people come to underpin... To, to talk and to bring questions about mental health as well. Is that something that also comes up for people that pitch and people that are members?
1: Yeah, I think it comes up more for people to pitch. And yeah. I think every once in a while we do get, so every once in a while we do get a question about mental health um, from one of the community members. And, mm. you know, I, I actually do point them in the direction of Leapers. I think that Matthew does an incredible job and, and yeah. he's unbelievably supportive as well. Um, and while Underpin does a lot, that is not our focus. Uh, whereas Matthew is, this is, you know, a big, big portion of, uh, I would say, you know, 90% of what he actually does. Mm-hmm. Um, but we absolutely do offer that, that time where we can. And recognizing as well that so many of these problems, you know, it, something around, I think that the numbers are usually around 85 to 92% of, mm-hmm. um, of anxiety around freelance work actually does come from not being able to find consistent regular work, right? And so many of these problems do come from administrative burdens of some kinds. You know, the rest of it, um, the, a large portion of it as well comes from chasing late invoices, which is you know something that we, that we do directly as well. And I feel strongly should be put on the impetus of hiring companies to actually be more careful of. But, you know, for now, and, until we are able to get to that point when the, mm-hmm. the government does step in and does take more care of this, um, it, it is something that we need to sort out privately. And that, that is what Underpinned is trying to do. But we do absolutely take the time when we can to step aside with people and to say, are you all right? What can we do to help you, help oh. we actually give you the support that you need? Because especially if you're a community member, um, we, we want to give you that
0: yeah and people can have profiles and underpinned can't they so you can set up yeah. our profile and and sort of have other journalists not journalists other freelancers be able to look at your your work and that kind other of other
1: freelancers thing. and a yeah. couple of editors as well um yeah. yeah absolutely and you can share that far and wide uh, it's a, you know it's something that i wish i had when i started um but yeah put put it everywhere that you want to i think you know there's a lot of, especially young freelancers, they try to sell over um, Instagram by just having a second Instagram page and posting on Mm. there. And in some cases, I think, you know, I think the Twitter does work well for some people who are able to be condensed, you know, large thoughts into 150 characters or however many Twitter is. Um, But if that's, not an option for you which I think for the vast majority of people it's not Mm -hmm. then actually it's something that I wish did exist where it's just here's my work here's what I do here's here are my rates let's have a conversation sometime
0: yeah very much so yeah that's great oh brilliant oh it's been such a great chat I'm really you're the first episode of the new season for season six which is going to be as people are listening to it it's early September but we're chatting sort of mid-August and it's just really lovely to be getting back into these chats Mm. about what's important for freelancers and and all the things that go with this crazy self-employed life um i know you've had loads of advice there already but i wondered if you had one piece of advice for someone who's struggling with their mental health as a freelancer what perhaps might you advise them to do or, or what could they action perhaps that might So work for you? there's
1: there's a eric cantona uh quote um and that he he was, I for people that don't know who he was um he was a yeah, Wild French footballer in the in the 1990s. I
0: was going to say some people are going to want to know who he was. I know who he is, but
1: yeah. (laughs) But he he, he famously um, and famously said after we'll say misbehaving. It was pretty heavy misbehaving in a a game. um, Seagulls follow the fishing boat because they hope they catch the sardines that are thrown out of the back. Mm. And I think. You know, he was definitely, definitely being pretty mean-spirited when he said that. I, he, but it's a quote that I think about a lot, right? That it's very, very tempting to let the the small things and the, you know, the painful things in life get back, get to you and get you down and to touch. Yeah. But actually, when you recognize, when you put them in perspective of the fact that there is so much more going on out there, that actually, that these things are are bottom feeders compared to your to your aspirations and your goals that actually you can put them to one side and that you can grow beyond them um I think that that's something that I've returned to a lot in this time and and a lot during this period for me but you know I think that just looking for consistency while everyone is flapping and screaming around you um Mm -hmm. The thing that I would say absolutely a big part of freelancing as well and of keeping hopeful and healthy while you are doing it too
0: oh thank you that's really lovely I've got an image of all the seagulls down in Brighton now if anyone who's been to Brighton where you know. you
1: know ignoring them while they're trying to steal your chips just yeah. a, it's, it's a nice sunny day the beach is great they're trying to take your food and you're just saying nope you're not a big deal I'm gonna yeah. eat and I'm gonna enjoy my time
0: yeah that's brilliant oh thanks jack that's awesome and i'll let you go but before i do please tell everybody where they can find you where they can find underpinned anything you'd like to flag up that's coming up in the autumn or your website everything tell us tell us where people can come and find out more and join the community so
1: Underpinned is super easy to find it's just underpinned.com. any browser any time anywhere we're around 24 7 and um, send us a message over the intercom if you want to know more about us. Or you can email me directly at co. That is .co and not .com. I don't ask why. It's very confusing and I don't really understand it either. Um, or you can DM me on Twitter. I'm underpinnedjack. Again, super easy. And I will talk you through what we do and how we can help you if you are looking for ways to freelance. There are lots of ways to reach out to us. That um, basically, any stage that you're at... Any time that you're trying to figure out how to do this whole confusing thing, regardless of what industry you're in, we have written something. We will be able to help you. And if you have more direct in-line questions, join the community and we will be there every Tuesday at 6 to help you out and beyond. We also do great events every week as well with people, with industry experts of all kinds. So send, them a me- send us a message and we will be there to help
0: fantastic that's wonderful well, thank you yeah, everybody no excuse not to join in now go and read all the articles and there's some lovely piece on it and some beautiful illustrations as well i always like to follow the illustrators
1: yeah the illustrations kind of things, are really yeah. fun and a great piece by this great person called jenny on goal setting from back <laughs> last summer i think it was so go and read that as soon as you can
0: yeah make that your start of turn. that's exactly oh. jack thank you i wish you all the best with it all and i hope that perhaps we can meet at an event in in
1: the future i'm hoping that we can have underpinned events at some point too um in the future hoping to have them in real life as well that would be amazing and if we do i'll make sure you're the first person that will get an invite
0: yeah and i'd love to come brilliant thank you it's been a pleasure
1: thank you jenny have a great day
0: thanks you too